Top Friday, baby, better than yesterday. Let's get it. Welcome to Tank Top Friday. Join us every week as we dive deep into topics like goal setting, self-improvement, and personal growth. I'm Clint Stroman, and on the show today, Monica Page, talking about graduating grad school, changing careers at the age of 30, and leaning into the experience of life and trusting the process. All the way from Nashville, Tennessee, welcome, Monica. How are you? I'm doing great, Clint. I'm so happy to be here and get to be one of your first guests on the podcast. You've been so excited about this and hype about this, so I'm just happy to be part of uh, this experience. I'm glad that I'm glad that I'm able to have you on. We probably should have done it in person um, since you were here for a week helping us with our newborn baby boy. But um, nonetheless, that's okay. <laughs> I don't think we really had time between all the diapers and crying <laughs> and uh, lack of sleep, all that good stuff. So um, it definitely was. It was very. Um, it was very helpful to have you here, though. It it like took a lot off our backs, which I didn't realize we were going to need that. So glad you realized it. (laughs) I'm glad I was there and got to see you guys becoming parents. It was such a touching and awesome moment. Now I'm, now I'm into this, um, now I'm into this like schedule almost where every single morning Laura sleeps for an extra three or four hours and I just take Finley and make it happen. So like the other day I walked a mile with him around our block and um, came back home, did some stuff on the computer, held him, like held him. He fell asleep while I was doing stuff on the computer one-handed, like <laughs> I'm already, I'm already getting it down. She slept, she, she slept till 3 PM yesterday. Thank God. I know she needed it. She's been running on zero sleep, but Finn matches your energy. So <laughs> seriously, he does though. It, and literally if he's on the move, he's good to go. He's sleeping. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Um, did you wear your uh, first official Tank Top Friday women's tank? Yes, I do have my Tank Top Friday tank on. It fits amazing, looks amazing. Wore it to the gym today and um, did get some comments. Someone asked me what I was about. So I just filled them in a little bit, turning them on to the podcast. Life with less stress starts here, the Ono Roller. The Ono Roller is an antidote to our world of endless busyness, stimulation, and stress by giving our hands something grounding and satisfying to fidget with. Onos are shown to relieve stress and enhance focus, but those benefits are just the beginning. It relieves stress and anxiety by soothing and satisfying with its rolling motion. It has the ability to calm even the busiest of minds. Relaxation and meditation, as if you were to feel that need of an escape. Simply align your thoughts with the Ono's smooth and rhythmic motion to enter your flow state. Muscle relief and massaging is another benefit. Use the Ono to release any built-up tension in smaller muscles and tendons by rolling it gently across your skin. It feels like if you take two highlighters with the caps off and roll those in your hand, but even better. I love my Ono roller. It was a great gift that I received. And if you use my code, Clint Stroman, at checkout, you can get 15% off. Go check them out. Oh, shoot. Okay. All right. Um, I just I just put in another order. 
So those of you that are listening, if you want one, please let me know. I will get you one, especially if you're a guest, but I'll have plenty. Um, but speaking of tank, the Tank Top Friday tank tops, um, I wanted to know, like I ask everybody, what Tank Top Friday means to you, Monica? So Tank Top Friday means to me just when I hear the word tank top and Friday in the same sentence, which is just a great name, is it really hypes me up because I'm thinking of the end of the week. I'm thinking I'm walking into the weekend. I'm about to have some fun, taking a step back from my work week and really going to get to step into like self-care and recharge before Monday, however that looks for me the next couple of days. So I love the name. Um, it hypes me up and makes me feel motivated. Cool. Um, but speaking of self-care, like for you, for you, what does that include usually? Like what are some of your top things that are self-care things for Monica? Ooh, that's a tough one. We're not really tough. So some of the things that I've been kind of into right now to really recharge and have realized I kind of need this is definitely time by myself. I feel like I present as an extrovert and feel like I'm an extrovert. But lately, I have been getting really drained from being in large groups and just giving a lot of energy out. And that's never happened to me before. So I found that I have been spending a lot more time like doing solitary activities like reading, running outside, um, just listening to music, listening to podcasts, and then kind of just diving deep into making time to take naps, um, just to kind of give myself, honestly, just a break from thinking about anything and focusing my energy into that. How far are you running? The last run I did was 3.8 miles, and it was a little rough, but I made it through. I'm gonna try to chain for like a half marathon maybe so i'm hoping to start doing maybe like five to six miles twice a week and then build up from there Ooh, i was thinking about getting back into the five mile a week thing just to just to get me back into running and today i did a half murph which is 0.5 miles um around it was 50 push-ups Sorry, 50 pull-ups, 150 push-ups, and 150 squats, and then another 0.5 miles. I messed up the numbers on the squats or something. But anyways, it was terrible. It, I, I haven't run in a long time, and I realized it within that first 0.5 miles. It was rough. But I think I might join you with that five-mile thing. Maybe we'll have to like keep each other accountable. That would be way easier for me because I'm that kind of person that wakes up, and I'm like, Oh, it's kind of gloomy outside, not feeling it unless I had like an accountability partner. So maybe we should do that. Be better for both of us. Exactly. I honestly, I've, have you done that in the past? Like having somebody to keep you accountable, whether it be going to the gym or, or, you know, something like running or. Yeah. I mean, I have definitely, I have friends that I bounce off of, share my fitness tracker on my Apple watch with a couple of different girls. And then, I mean, I talk to you a lot too, uh, cause you married my sister. So um, you know, I feel like you always make me feel motivated. I see you at the gym and I'm like, oh, I need to get out of bed. I need to go today. Or Clint's going to be like, you're sleeping on me, Monica. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just recently finding this like, uh, 
but it's kind of like the level of motivation that I had in the Marine Corps. And for some reason it went away for quite some time. And it was probably because I was just really fucking off for a while. Um, but it feels really good. I'm actually exhausted at the end of the day. I mean, not to mention having a newborn helps with that exhaustion, but, um, it's kind of nice. I like being tired at the end of the day. I always, a friend of mine, um, told me the other day, I think it was, I think it was Ray actually. And he said, um, a tired dog is better than a, 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 whatever the saying, basically a tired dog is a good dog or something like that. Like you want to be tired at the end of the day so that you know that you put in the work that day, which is kind of what, you know, tank top Friday is all about as well. I agree with that. I think the days that I feel most exhausted when I'm laying down before bed, but it's exhausted in a good way. Like I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, what have I accomplished today? And I feel just a sense of like pride because I, you know, checked all these things off from like counting my macros to getting my workout in to hitting cardio to spending some time reading or maybe even spending extra time with my dog where all I do is focus on being him and I'm not texting. I'm sitting there playing with him or something. It always makes me feel better at night. And I feel like I sleep just in general better and I'm not as restless and I wake up in the morning and I feel like I actually got rest. Well, um, I mean, speaking of that, what are, what are some of the things that you, you are doing like that you are mindfully doing that you are like making steps to get better every Oh, definitely. So I've been really, really focused on kind of Tying down what's most important to me, but trying to commit to it for 20 days or 30 days at a time and seeing how it works for me. Because I feel like when I make a long-term goal that has a multiple task in it, I will get down on myself if I miss just one task. Like if I have seven tasks to do and I miss one out of the seven, it almost puts me like in a depression or something and so one of my new ways I guess I'm trying to live my life is to make shorter goals that are obtainable so I can hopefully build better habits off of so some of the things I'm doing right now as far as like steps to just living a better life every day for myself is I'm focusing on meal prepping and not like building all my meals out for a week at a time, but really focusing on like what I'm buying from the grocery store. How can I incorporate all that into my meals for the entire week and make sure my macros are on point for my weight loss journey? Like I'm currently in a calorie deficit, which I thought I'd be in a way worse mood, but I'm really not. Um, So just focusing on that, I'm walking my dog for 30 minutes a day at one time. He's going on other short walks, but spending at least 30 minutes outside with him. Um, Staying consistent with my workout. And then the main one I'm really focusing on, that's kind of like me giving back to other relationships because I feel like I'm kind of in, or I'm coming out of a selfish season in my life, is I'm trying to show up for people in intentional ways and checking in. That mean a lot to me. So that's something that I'm, really focusing on yeah sometimes it's hard it's hard to even do that because we all have we have our own stuff going on and so do other people they're all living their own lives and 
you know, they have, they have their life. So it's, it, 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 I think it says something about a person when that is a goal of yours is to be more intentional with people that you care about. I think that that is, um, you know, it's missing in a lot of people's everyday, you know, everyday life. And I think that's a really cool thing. I try to do that too, a lot more lately. Um, because it's nice to just check in and it's also nice. I'm sure that those people, you know, really appreciate that when it comes down to it. Yeah, I feel like they do. And I think it's just a fun way to show up for your friends and family and even like coworkers. Um, yeah, it just makes them realize that they're more than just, you know, another person in your life. And I'm hoping like I read a I don't know if it was a quote or like a meme. I have no idea. It was on Instagram. You know how that goes. And it said something about like, I want to be the person people think of when they think about somebody always showing up, be the friend that shows up. So I read that in the summertime and I've been making active changes to be that person. I like that. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned you mentioned walking and I it just made me think about how I've been trying to focus on just walking more in general for my own health. Um, because walking actually helps with mm-hmm. weight loss if you do it do it enough. Just pe- people don't really realize that. That's why I enjoy hiking so much. Like I I wanna just go walk. I'll go walk eight miles if I have to. It's just one, it clears my head. If it's a nice day, you're out there, just, you know, you're able to look around and hear the birds chirping and just simple things like that, that really actually is, you know, kind of meditative in a sense, I feel like. No, I totally agree. And walking, I've heard from so many people um, in like personal trainer world, fitness world, much more into it than, you know, I am with much more knowledge that honestly just even walking like an hour a day um and not really doing anything else besides focusing on your own diet can make you lose a ton of weight i'm not really in a time where i'm trying to lose a ton of weight i'm more like maintaining and building muscle but i do feel better getting those longer walks in and like you said being outside on a nice day and like just feeling the sun and breathing the fresh air yeah yeah i mean um you mentioned your track you're tracking like you're tracking what you're eating more lately are you are you using like my fitness pal or anything like yes so i was really hardcore into meal prepping and you know counting every little thing that i ever ate or drank probably about a year and a half ago and then i injured my knee pretty badly and had have surgery so I've been kind of coming down from that um, where I got kind of down. Like I felt like once I had the surgery, like my knee wasn't really, it didn't feel like it was any better, but I think it was because it did initially feel better. And then I went back to the gym really soon and started pushing myself because summer was coming and I didn't want to look fluffy. And I think I just pushed myself to the point where I re-injured my knee and, um, after that happened, I kind of just stopped everything. Like I was still working out, but kind of just doing the bare minimum. I was eating horrible, like horrible eating. So probably when I decided, hey, I'm going to be really consistent with this, I love a checklist. 
I love anything that's like I can track. Like I love to track things. So my yeah. fitness pal has been awesome for me. And it honestly just helps me stay motivated because I can see like, hey, I need this much protein, this much fat, this many carbs. And it's kind of like a game for me to hit all of that every day. And I feel like a sense of fulfillment at the end of the day and like proud of myself for doing it. I enjoy I enjoy that too because I've been using it finally. Um, Leo, who was on the podcast. Oh, I love Leo. Uh, prior to you, he put me onto it like two years ago and I said, eh, I'm good on that. Like I'm just going to eat clean. And then a year later, I actually started doing it and I was like, oh, okay. I see, I see why now. It, you just track what you eat and it'll make you think a little bit harder when you want to have something that you already know is bad for you without tracking it. But um, if you track it, it makes you kind of, it keeps you accountable because you don't want to put that in the app knowing, you know, you ate it or drank it or whatever. I agree. I had two blue moons on Saturday at two for ones, or maybe it was Sunday afternoon this past week. And I put them in there and I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to have two. I don't need to do another two for one. But <laughs> no um no sponsorships with my fitness pal by the way just want to throw that out there maybe i would maybe we'll get oh that would be awesome <laughs> <laughs> um but how did that go with your injury like how did that let's say let's go with like when you re-injured your knee how did that go for you like mentally and how did you overcome that and get to where you are right now so Initially, it plays into it because I injured it doing a very like intense CrossFit challenge. So I injured it originally probably five years prior. Was in this pretty intense like doing two-a-days every day. This was right when things had opened back up from COVID. So I was kind of already coming out of a funk and injured my knee. Had surgery. Um, in April, by June, I was back in the gym, back in my normal workouts, just doing like less jumping, more low impact, but pretty still kind of extreme for, you know, just having knee surgery. And so when I got hurt again, and I just felt like my knee wasn't healing, it definitely, I kind of hit like a depressing slump. Like I was feeling already bad. I'm like, I'm you know, can't fit in any of my summer clothes. I don't feel like myself because I'm not working out. I'm not keeping up that kind of active lifestyle. And my knee was in a lot of pain and it was causing like my entire leg to swell. And it was just painful to even like stand up at work all day. And during that time, I was going through a major um, shift at work where I had walked into a lot, a lot more responsibility and a lot more stress. And so it was just the perfect storm of everything. And it really affected me pretty negatively. And I'm just now kind of coming out of that, you know, getting better from the injury and really feeling like I can get back to things like running and squats and really any type of like lower half of my body workout without my knee swelling up three times the size. But I think it also plays into like I'm in a much better place mentally and professionally than I was a year and a half ago. So that just proves to you how all these like little things in life that you look at every day and you don't think they have, you know, a big impact really do impact you in such a large way. Yeah, I mean, um, 
I kind of went through something similar with my hip and all that. And it was kind of a choice that I made to have that surgery to try and fix it. And then after the fact, it was still hurting for a while. It's just now feeling to a point where it's not aching anymore. And I can finally squat again. And I can start doing certain things that I, I was really half ass on because of the injury that I just had. And I worked out through no matter what, like for six years and then, and then how I felt after the fact. So yeah, I know, I know how you feel because, and there, and there's something that just feels so good about knowing that there's not really anything holding you back when you go to do whatever training it is that you do. I completely agree. Me and my mom went on a very intense hike, uh, a couple, like maybe two weeks ago. And I was kind of nervous. It was in Percy Warner Park. It's called Mossy Ridge Trail for those of you that are coming to Nashville. Probably about 20 minutes outside the city. After you go to the park, you can go eat at Loveless Cafe. You will not be disappointed. Um, It's a Nashville staple. You have to go there. But we did this hike and I had a lot of anxiety going up to it. It's off trail. There's a lot of tree roots and rocks and it had rained the day before and I was just nervous. I'm like, I'm going to twist my knee the wrong way. But I got out there, did it. We did it in like, I think two hours and 10 minutes, which was for a five mile rugged trail. I was shocked. And my knee didn't give me any problems at all. Like didn't even have any swelling. So that really gave me a lot of confidence um, just in my own body too. Like all these things I've been doing really have like, are helping me and I'm starting to see the benefit now. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I love that feeling. Oh, it feels so good. Are are you liking living back in Nashville now? Like, like, are you really enjoying it? Yeah, I love it. Um, I don't think I would move anywhere else. Everybody's moving here, so I don't really need anywhere to go. Um, You know, it's it's an ever-growing city. Everybody's a young professional. There's tons of stuff to do here. There's never just a dull moment. If anybody listening wants to visit Nashville or move here, I highly recommend 10 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've only been, um, I've only been one time and it was, I mean, it was quite the experience. I want to have, I think a bachelor party is going to. I know I'm probably not invited, but I'm at least coming for like one part of the day (laughs) and going to rage because. I'm a bro. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it'll that'll be really fun, honestly. I uh, I think it'll be it'll be worth it too to like stay on the main Broadway. Yeah, you guys will have a blast. Well, you'll be here for Beyonce. Yeah. So But yeah, that's right. Be high. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't know how I'm think feeling or thinking about going to that, but I mean it definitely will be an experience. I know that. I've never been, so, so. you'll have to you know, live that experience for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted I wanted to kind of get into a little bit of like some of the some of the goals you're working on right now, and and some things that some things that you've been really proud of lately in your life, um, and, and how that's what you're doing to work towards certain goals and and steps that you're taking. Uh, now that you're now that you're feeling a little bit better as you mentioned, coming out of your injury situation and, and changing careers and, um, and, and all of that 
coming together, I wanted to ask you, you know, what, what's driving those goals and, and, and what are you doing to work towards obtaining? Yeah. So I feel like my late twenties, I didn't get anxiety about being closer to 30. Like I was happy that I was, you know, what's the alternative death? So it's never bothered me. Yeah. To get older. Like I've always been happy. I made it. Dark. Yeah. Dark. <laughs> yeah. Dark. Real dark. <laughs> it's that social work humor. So for like a decade, since I was 21 to 30, I was a social worker and worked in child welfare in some of the toughest areas, child death, severe abuse, sex abuse. And I did that for a decade. And I guess when I was in it, for a majority of my career, I didn't realize how much it weighed on me until my life wasn't going like perfectly outside of work. And then hearing like feedback and stuff from my friends being like, hey, we're kind of worried about you. Like, we're just noticing like, maybe I wasn't going out as much or I wasn't, you know, connecting with them, turning down invitations to places. Um wasn't getting up and doing, you know, the things that make me happy. So I did some kind of exploring after a couple of my friends and my roommate at the time was like, set me down and they were like, Monica, like something's wrong. And, you know, this job is going to kill you or you're just not yourself. So I had already been kind of thinking through that. And that I knew I didn't want to stay in social work forever. I kind of hit a very high position at a very young age, which is rare um, for that yeah. field. And so at that point, it was like, I'm not going to be able to move out of this position until somebody retires, which isn't going to happen until 10 more years from now, or I go somewhere else. But I wasn't like really sure like what else I would do. There was things I had in mind, like corporate training, or maybe I was just going to quit and be a bartender on Broadway. Like, I was like, whatever. Like, I'll make it. I'll be fine. Um, right. You know, like, I wasn't that worried. But this opportunity kind of just fell on my lap. So I turned 30 and really started looking at different options. I was like, okay, I'm serious. Like, I want to get out of this. This is not how I want to spend the rest of my life. Like, it was hard to date. I was on call all the time. I literally had a phone, a second phone or third phone at some times with me 24 hours a day for five years. That's, oh, that's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. To it was just, it was so much. And it's a lot to like, when you're dating, to try to explain to someone. Like, people meet social workers and they're like, oh, it's so cool. Like, that's so awesome that you do that. There's not all these people that do that. And then it's really different when they're laying beside you at night at 4 a.m. whenever they don't want to be up hearing about, you know, a kid that's died or a parent that's going to prison or whatever it is um, in the middle of the night when life happens to these families. And it's draining on everybody. Like, I felt like I had no energy to do anything. So um, I just really started like grinding out like what are my other options and while I was doing that insurance kind of fell into my lap um this somebody from my work my social work job was like hey I want you to talk to so-and-so 
they think that you'd be great for this. And I went and had lunch, talked through, you know, what that would look like if I moved into that world. Realistically, how fast could I move around? What realistically was like the cap on salary? And then how I could use my master's degree to kind of leverage me, you know, to be more diversified because I didn't have any insurance experience. So I decided to make that choice last March and kind of step out on faith and really like lean in to life. And I don't regret it. I think it's probably the best thing I could have done because over the last year I've, I have pretty much, I feel like a whole other person. Like I've focused on myself more, um, caring about myself and practicing like self-care and focus on my family and making an appointment to see them and hang out with them. And then again, just being intentional with those relationships. So turning 30 wasn't scary for me, but changing careers was. So I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's a big time thing, changing careers and especially doing it at that point in your life. I mean, I did it at 25 getting out of the Marine Corps and I was terrified. I literally had to go to therapy before I got out of the Marine Corps because I was so anxious about the situation that was, and I think that's only normal, but most Marines would be like, oh yeah, who gives a, you know, who gives a shit? I'm just getting out of the military. Like, fuck it. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I, I wasn't like hiding it. I'm like, I feel anxious about this. I'm actually very worried and I'm an over worrier as well. And I'm, I'm trying to find ways to combat that. But I was just was so stressed about the, every single aspect of getting out of the military. And it, cause it was weird, you know, it's such a weird, weird way to go about things, kind of doing life backwards mm -hmm. in a sense, and then go to college at UNCW and do all that. So I know I'm right there with you when it comes to how scary that can be. But I mean, now that you are, now that you are where you are, um, I mean, I would imagine that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely like speaking to that anxiety that you were talking about. I also am high functioning, but have terrible anxiety. Like I am a ball of nerves constantly all the time. Um, and so making this kind of change was like, it was insane. Like my mind just couldn't get all the way around it, honestly, until it, I made it. And like, I feel like I just jumped out of a window and that, thank God I had a parachute somehow. Like, I don't know how it got on there, but it was there and I didn't smack into the ground. So, <laughs> um, I'm way happier. I literally catch myself saying sometimes, like, I don't know why I ever stayed and did that for 10 years. Like, I don't know what in my right mind possessed me to do a job like that for 10 years but then I have to really like catch myself and be thankful I had that experience because like I said I was one of the youngest people probably by 20 or 30 years to my peers in a leadership role in a large level leadership role and I brought all of that skill set and those soft skills that I have and intrapersonal skills into insurance and have been able to utilize them and have, you know, gained a lot of respect for my peers and have quickly, um, quickly got the hang of my new job. And then also, hey, I know this is not what I'm going to be doing forever, 
but have the confidence in myself to say, this is where I would like to be within this industry. And how can you help me get myself there? And they have really leaned into that as well and have put a lot of time into like making sure that they're developing, developing me as a leader in that industry. And I literally just try to pour into every single opportunity that comes about. If it's a volunteer group, I'm volunteering. If it's a um, work group, I want to be on it. I don't even care if it's not, you know, my department. I want to be on it so I can learn and network with other people. And they have seen that and, you know, have chosen me to move forward in a couple different ways and have really stood up and um, honored, you know, the discussions we had in the beginning when I decided to leave social work and make the transition to insurance. I was pretty upfront in my initial interviews and was like, this is where I see myself in three years if I move into this field. And are you going to do whatever you can as long as I'm bringing everything to the table and performing to get me to this end goal? And they have done that because I have, once again, been a top performer. That's awesome. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like you're you're putting your well for for a bit there. You were in a pretty uncomfortable yeah. like yeah life, right? Yeah, but but also but also on top of that, you're you're still continuing to push yourself, whether it be professionally, personally, all that good stuff. And and even if pushing yourself becomes a little bit uncomfortable at some point, you're 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 realizing. Definitely. And I mean, there were times where, you know, you're going from being, I mean, I'm sure you can relate to this coming from, you know, whatever job you did in the Marine Corps, you're coming from, you're the expert in your area. People are coming to you. You're the person they're looking to for these answers. And I literally woke up one day and walked into a place where I was on the bottom of the totem pole. Don't ask me anything. I don't know. And then um, having to go find those answers, learn the material, you know, learn how to do the processes. And while doing all that, maintain a positive attitude, make friends there, and really become part of the culture. Um, It was trying. It was uncomfortable. But I feel like it was all worth it in the end. Like, I can't believe I was ever even that anxious. Like, looking back is 2020. Yeah, I mean, um, so is that anxious feeling still a point of like resistance in your life right now, or or if it isn't, what what do you what do you think is one of like a major one of the major points of resistance that you have in your life right now that you're always trying to 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 combat and and to get over and and push? Yeah, so I think right now the anxiety I have isn't from doing my current job role and you know having confidence in that it's more so like I know I don't want to be doing claims forever so now I'm trying to learn the different other lines of business um, within my company and even with outside of my company and insurance completely so I can kind of choose what is my next spot? Because I've been reading this book recently called Becoming the Obvious Choice, A Guide to Your Next Opportunity by David Cottrell and Brian Dodge. And basically the book talks a lot about 
doing everything you can do to set yourself up for success. Even if you don't exactly know your next path, doing everything you could do within your power that would put you in line, in the line of sight to the people that are over you um, in those areas that you want to move into or potentially want to move into and becoming the obvious choice when they look at the list of candidates because you have done the work groups, you've done the volunteering, you've been a mentor to other people in your office. They see that leadership quality in you. So right now, I just kind of have anxiety around um, not knowing 100% where I want to go next and then also just like really having faith in other people to guide me in the right direction because I am still learning again about like all of that. So it's like I do have to really trust the people I'm choosing as mentors and looking to for leadership. Yeah, I mean, uh, it sounds like that's a lot of stuff. Like you're, it sounds like you're, you're really, you're honing in on the stuff that you need to do and the work that you need to put in to feel better as an individual and also to, to just, you know, just be a better person in general and, and to continue to strive to get better every day and be a better person than you were yesterday, which is, which is where, where we all want to be and where I'm trying to trying to push it to push people a little bit more than they might usually think about it to wake up in the morning and be like all right I'm vertical I'm standing up what can I do today to be a little bit better than I was yesterday can I do an extra couple reps in my workout or a different set of something I haven't done before or or can I can I you know volunteer for something extra that I usually wouldn't because I prioritize going out instead, or I prioritize, you know, relaxing at home when, you know, I've been lazy this week or, you know, just anything as an example. I think that it's so important. And I think it's a super unique, cool thing that you're doing that has all these different puzzle pieces to, to really focusing on just being a better person every day. No, I agree. And I think, you know, not every day is going to be your best day. Like you're not always going to be your best self that no one is. I don't care how hard you try. And one thing that's really helped me, like what I was talking about earlier was, and I hate to keep referencing back to that, but making obtainable goals um, keep me so much more in line and since I am so task focused and a lot of people are that's just the world we live in um I don't know if it's like a generational thing it's like our generation but we are very goal oriented um at least the people I know that are you know in my generation but um it's it has helped me so much because like I said it's like okay maybe I didn't get one out of my eight things done today but I still got seven things done and I've done those seven things for the last 10 days and I can still like hype myself up because at the end of the day, like no one's ever going to love me more than me. So you have to be your biggest cheerleader. Um, when you're doing like your to-do list, what, what is your, uh, 
your main avenue of that? Are you using sticky notes? Are you using notes in your phone? Are you using just a notebook? So I kind of do a mix. Um, so I keep all of my work-related goals separate from my personal goals. So my work-related goals are in a notebook and I lock and track everything I do that's goal-related per day. So I can look back on and see, you know, how many closures I've had, how many certain types of meetings I've had and this and that in that one notebook for easy access. And I just do pen and paper for that. And then it, for my more personal goals, um, like I use the MyFitnessPal for my food. I use my Apple Watch to track like my workout goals as far as like, you know, logging any type of workout, cardio, lifting, um, use that. And then I keep sticky notes like everywhere um, for just like affirmations and then also just like mindful goals for myself. Those are on a sticky note. And then sometimes I also do keep them on notes on my phone, but I'm more of like a paper and pen kind of girl. I like to have something physical to hold on to. Yeah, I have uh, right now my acting to do sticky note, um, school to do, and uh, ideas for crop top episodes <laughs> in front of me. Sometimes it's too much. Like right now, to me, I have those there to reference and go back to, and there's no timeline really, but it's like, uh, that's too much. It, and you know, what I, I've tried to do like to-do lists as well on regular notebooks, that's too much as well. Cause you're not gonna get any, you're not gonna get everything done on that to-do list in one day. It's too long, it's too many, you know, there's too many lines on the page. So yeah, I try to do sticky notes and sometimes I'll do notes in my phone, but I, I really like, I didn't even know that. I didn't think about that as a thing to keep professional and personal to-do lists separate. That's a great idea. And I, I, I might have to start doing that as well. That might help me stay a little bit more mentally. Organized. It just helps me not feel like you were saying it kind of is overwhelming. If I try to put that all on one piece of paper and look at together, I would feel like I was swimming. Um and for me to separate them, it also helps me like compartmentalize, okay, like this is my time I'm focusing on work. And so I want to be thinking like out of that work brain. And then when I'm looking at like my life, one thing since I left social work that I have been like die hard on work-life balance and really compartmentalizing, um, this is work, this is my personal time. And I'm not going to give my personal time to this unless you are paying me my worth. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's just, um, that's just, that's just as you get older too. It's like, I'm not wasting my personal time on this unless there's something that, you know, is worth it to me or the people I'm surrounding myself is worth it to me. You know, things like yeah. that. For so sure. that helps. It's totally. Too lit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I I have to keep a to-do list. Some friends go, dude, why do you have sticky notes all over your house, all over your, you know, your desk area, you know, all that. And I'm like, I just have to, man. Like, it's just how I am. It's how I've literally, I've been that way always. Um, and it's just, and it feels so good when you have a, when I have one for the day, I will even put something on there 
that I know I'm going to accomplish and do that day. It could be something like, I don't know, walk out. Cold plunge. Sorry, that's too simple. Um, you know, what a cold plunge or work. I will put work out. I know I'm going to work out that day regardless, but I like to put it on there to check it off and have it as a, you know, literally just have it there and, and feel so good about checking it off. Oh, I know exactly how you feel. I feel the same way. Nothing gives me greater joy in the middle of doing something than checking something off a post-it or getting completely done with the post-it and being able to crumble it up and throw it away. Yeah, and then you're just like, let's go. I had a great day today. That's how I got felt your sleep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Monica, I really enjoyed having you on. Um, it's time for our biggest segment of the podcast, and that's Homie of the Week, which highlights our next guest for the coming week. Um, and this week's Homie of the Week is my boy, Wesley Paul. He's a he's a super great dude. Met him here in Hickory, North Carolina. Um, he helps me with auditions now. I help him with certain stuff, bust the drone out help him when I can. Um, and, and he's right now what he's doing is he's a videographer, a photographer and an editor. And he also works for a real estate agency here in Hickory. Um, he actually did our maternity photos, which turned out awesome. And um, one of his, one of his recent goals that he accomplished was he got offered to shoot his oh first music and work on a bigger, yeah, a bigger set than he's ever done before. And I think he's doing that in Charlotte, which is super cool. Um, Something unique about him, he's super outgoing, he's got amazing ideas, and he's very well-versed in photography and editing, and I've watched him edit some of my auditions on Adobe Editor and all the video Adobe stuff, and it's just insane. I would never know how to even get started on that type of stuff, and he's just such a creative guy. Um, and I know that one goal that he's that he's working towards that he knows is reachable is becoming more balanced in, in life and being able to handle the stress of all these different projects um, that he's working towards. So I'm excited to have him on next week. I know you haven't met him, but he's, he's really- No, I'm excited to hear about that. Um, I wish I was more, not more into, I wish I was better at photography. That's one thing. I need to get some tips from him. Um, <laughs> seriously, that's, I'm like, what are my angles? What are my angles? But no, I'll be looking forward to hearing about that, and I love seeing people do better. So anytime, like, listening people celebrate their big accomplishments is, like, one of my favorite things to do. It makes me feel good on the inside. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll. it's just going to be, it's going to be a, a really interesting episode to talk to him about a lot of creative-related things um, and go down that that rabbit hole and I think we might actually use his skills and try and do our first video audio podcast so oh that'll be awesome well thanks Clint for having me today I've had a great time kind of just hashing out you know what's going on with me and um I love being able to be part of this and looking forward to your next couple episodes and seeing how well this takes off yes thank you thank you for being on and I, I'm sure that I'll have you on again at some point in, in the future as we get to like episode <laughs> thousand or something like that. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too. And um, all right. Sounds good. Well, um, we will see everyone next week. Thank you for listening. And uh, 
just make sure that on Friday morning you throw on that tank top and and do what you do and uh, make sure that you put in the work that week prior. Then that's really all I got to say. Thank God. Let's.